high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Talking Catholic. I'm Jen Morrow, and with me today is Mike Walsh. Hey, I'm here. Hey, you are. (laughs) What's up? And also, we also have Lori Power with us That's today. Right. Hi, everyone. And for those who not uh, don't know Lori, she is the co-host of the Talking Saints podcast. The award-winning, multiple award-winning. Uh, multiple award-winning. Talking Saints Catholic mm-hmm. podcast. And she's also the director of Lifelong Faith Formation at Christ the Redeemer Parish in Echo. Yes. Yes. So we got, we are ready right off the bat three-way conversation going so it's going to be good and it's kind of nice because in a weird way in this particular instance Lori is the veteran of where we are right now Lori and pete have recorded almost every single episode of talking saints the award-winning award-winning podcast (laughs) is completely about the saints um in this in the vault far more than we have over the course of the last two or three years probably. So we are on Lori's home turf. That's right, I like it. Wait, so Talking Saints started before Talking Catholic? No. Right, or they started at the same time? No. Oh no, Talking Catholic started first? Yes. Oh, okay. By about two years probably. Oh, okay, that's actually quite a good amount of time. But Talking Saints has a little easier, they only have to record once a month. That's true. And Talking Saints is only in our podcast feed. Yeah, but also Talking Saints does research, so I actually do not think they have it easier. (laughs) Well, that might be true. Lori does always come prepared prepare, with a laptop in yeah. front of yeah. her. Uh, Pete Sanchez, her co-host, I'm not entirely certain how he prepares, oh, but he no, always he brings does. a lot of paper. Yeah, he tells me during the week, I have to go home and prepare, and you know, then I get to find out what, what's coming up. What's coming up for the end of December? Thomas Beckett. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas Beckett. Beckett. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm excited about that, too. That'll be a good episode. I don't know a lot about him, so when Pete told me earlier this week that was on, I was like, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, he's a he's a classic. So his will be coming out December twenty eighth. Yes. yes. So we're very excited about that. That'll be a nice one. That'll be a nice Christmas week episode. Good. Which we <laughs> the should martyrdom probably... in the cathedral. Wait, exactly. where can Merry people Christmas. hear it? Let's let people know where they can listen to it. In our the same place they're listening to this, more than likely, uh, in our podcast feed. So go to anywhere <laughs> uh, you can get podcasts. You can listen to the Talking Saints podcast. Mike's looking at me like you're a moron, Jed. Because I'm thinking about domestic church media. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is. A, it's got the word podcast in the title. For goodness' sake. The uh, yes. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, we listen to the podcast we are uh domestic church media has been wonderful in uh simulcasting our episodes on sunday afternoons or sunday mornings and monday afternoons and we're very happy with our relationship with them but we've kept talking saints as our little thing though i will say that from time to time i will throw a talking saints episode into the back half of one of our podcasts yeah if uh you know we're a little short on time or something like that because uh unlike the onerous talking catholic podcast the talking saints podcast is done in a very nimble uh <laughs> i was just gonna fi- say the same thing 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I was going to say it's very spiritual and it'll oh. lift you up. Cool. Oh, yeah, I mean, ours will too. lift you up, too. But ours are also hilarious, usually. And yeah. so oh, well, Pete, and, Pete and Lori got a little humor in well, there. I know, too. but we try. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's meat it's, there. 
They're, they are far more intentional in their spirituality. Yes, thank than, you. Than they, that are. is what I was trying to say. So, uh, yes, their podcasts are great. So, Lori, that is, thank you very much for, number one, being a co-host for us for so many Absolutely. years. Um, uh, it's They have uh, their own site on our on our website. Mm-hmm. They have our, their own page. So you can go to talking.catholicstarherald.org and find uh, their podcast to find all their previous episodes, including their famous... Oh, dear. Here we go. <laughs> their famous St. Nick episode. Episode. The one I was so excited. It was like one of the first ones I ever did. Maybe the third episode. Okay. And it was I was so excited about it. So excited about it. And they had done these previous ones. They were all like 20, 25, close to 30 minutes. And St. Nick rolled in at a solid 12. And I was oh, like, no! really? We're, we're short in St. Nick? <laughs> An archbishop of the church? We're not giving him the full effect? And uh, they have yet to live that down. Oh, that's true. I just brought it up earlier today, as a matter of fact. I have to go back and listen to it. it you need to go back good, and re-record it. So you need to go back and re-record it. You're thinking about it next year. Oh, jeez. Uh, but no, it's the, their episodes are really good. Can you give us some uh, a taste of who, in addition to Thomas Beckett, some of the other so saints you found? my favorites, if you want to go back and listen, St. Thomas Aquinas, just sure. because I love Aquinas, St. Mm-hmm. St. Catherine of Siena. It's oh. just because they were two of my favorite saints. It was fun to talk about. St. Catherine of Siena, one of my favorite ones there as well. She, she was a no-nonsense nun That's that right. took it to the Pope. Mm-hmm. I like that about her. <laughs> she wasn't a nun. I, Wait, she wasn't a nun? No. I thought she was in an order. <laughs> she was connected to the Dominican order, like a third order. I did not yeah, realize that all this time. Because every time I've ever seen artwork she of her, the, is, yeah, she's in she the veil. She wears the Demo- Dominican habit, but the not, third order we're permitted to. Not. Look at that. No. Once again, I have learned something new from the Talking Saints podcast. It's only five <laughs> minutes in. I know. Imagine what other things we're going to learn. I know. Um, I saw her body did once. Did you? Yeah, because I've been to Siena. That's and, exciting. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful church. Sure. I'm trying to remember. I remember stories about where different parts of her body are located. <laughs> yeah. I still never understand that about the Catholic Church and our desire to separate. I'm not going to tell you what part of the body is at the Siena because it's a little gruesome. Was it the finger? No, I think it's the head. Oh, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's the head. Uh, yeah, there's some weird saint parts all over the place. <laughs> But, uh, well, did you see, you know, just a little topical news. You saw that the uh, Pope Francis decided that his he will be interred at Mary Major in Rome wow. as opposed to uh, the Vatican. Yes, I did see that. Which, I got to tell you, I was very excited about because when I went on pilgrimage, that was one of the places that we went to. And actually the photograph that he, or the, the painting that, you know, draws him back, like he's been to the Basilica like a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I actually got a photograph. I didn't know it at the time when I took the photo, but I went back and looked. I, when I saw the news article, I went back and looked. It's like, oh man, I wonder if I got any pictures of that. And I do. It's from a distance, but I, I have a shot Counts. of it. I'm like, sweet. And he'll be the first pope to have been buried there since the 1700s, I think. That's wow. cool. It is. And it is kind of cool because, you know, it's what, the four basilicas of Rome? I think it's four. Um, and it was kind of interesting to be there because it's unbelievable to look at. I mean, it's really, really impressive structure. But it's sort of in the sort of, not an industrial part of town, but it's in not necessarily the the touristy mm. side of town. It's still nice. Nothing weird about it or anything. But um, when you walk in, it's just, you know, kind of a monolith church. And then you go in and you see just all the gold and the, the amazement there. But it was just kind of, I, I like the idea of there being a recent pope so that people will make pilgrimages mm-hmm. to that. Because all the popes that were there are long dead and, you know, no one has any personal connection to them anymore, obviously. Hmm. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he did it, since being such a man about the people. 
not only a man about the people, but a man of that particular basilica. Mm-hmm. I think he went there. I think I think that is the reason why to mm-hmm. put it on the map again. And uh, I mean, he hasn't said that, but the PR guy in me suggests that <laughs> that was the reason why. And I support that because it was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, look at that. I forget how we got on that. Oh, death. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's being buried in various places. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's only a handful of popes there. But of the hundred and the two hundred and forty popes, only a hundred and sixty of them are in the Vatican. The rest of them are strewn around uh, Italy. Because mm. back in that in those days, they were all Italian priests. Right. So they wanted to go back from go where back. they were. Yeah. yeah apparently there was. Yeah, but there was talk of uh, even Pope John Paul II that he might uh, go to Poland, but ultimately they decided not to do that, which is probably wise because there's lots of people who go to the Vatican specifically to see him, and it's probably best for the Vatican that he's there. <laughs> but he stuck around. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, so that's a little little you know pop culture news going on right now. But we also want to talk a little Advent mm. since we have a minister in our presence what? as good. <laughs> What is your title? Oh, right. Director of Faith Formation. It's more of an apostolate. That is is a ministerial position. Okay. So, hey, listen. Why are we telling you that? You know that, Lori. (laughs) You are a... You are a trained person in the lay person in the church. The, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about this wonderful Sunday that's coming up on it. Mm. This is Gaudete, Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete Sunday, yes. And we get to light the pink candle. The pink. So wait, so the candle is pink, but the vestments are rose? No, they're both rose, I'm okay. told. <laughs> they look she pink says to me. With a disappointed look <laughs> on her face. Mm-hmm. That's because no priest likes to be pointed out that he is currently wearing pink robes. They all said it's rose. I'm like, yeah, right, really? Sure. Is that a thing, Lori? I, I guess so. Every, every priest <laughs> I've ever known, you call them a pink robe, they shoot right back, it's rose. And I was like, okay, you say <laughs> so. But what is the nature of Gaudete Sunday? It's all about joy. I believe Pope Francis, uh, he's now calling it Sunday of Joy. So that people understand, because they hear Gaudete, what's that mean? So yeah, if they yeah. can even pronounce exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You've noticed who at the table has not said the word. Oh. <laughs> you can do it, Jen. Gaudete. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is, because let's face it. You know, we've talked about this. We've done Advent episodes prior, and uh, you know, the thing that whenever we've done them is, you know, we talk about this. The first two weeks of uh, Advent are from a readings standpoint, rather morose. Yes. It's, a, it's a lot of... Well, you Get talk, ready, because Jesus is, is coming. That yeah. is. People forget that there is, a, you know, there's some similarities to Lent in the mm-hmm. in right. Advent that you got to get right with God because you're going to die. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a reminder. It's not only in preparation for the joyousness of mm-hmm. the birth of Christ, but also a reminder for us to be constantly preparing ourselves for, for our return home. Coming. That's yeah. right. So, yes. And also, it's been a, a different Advent this year because it's shorter. Yes. We have a, a week less, correct? That's true. Yeah. We go right from... Short. That's Yeah. It's rough in parishes. Yeah. yeah actually, <laughs> I agree. Right Annoying. Fourth Sunday into Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I need another week. I know. Like, I'm not spiritually prepared. So maybe maybe this joyful Sunday yes. will, will help. will help you yeah. get ready. I can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I'm kind of feeling it too, and like, right. I, and it, in some ways, I feel time crunched because we're yeah. kind of getting four weeks into slamming it into three weeks, and then um, I too, I can't say that I am in a particularly Christmassy mood quite yet. 
You know, it's uh, you need Gaudete Sunday. I do need Gaudete Sunday. <laughs> I, I probably need I probably need a little uh, adoration time. Yeah, a little, me too. Uh, I need some. I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been some great things going on in the diocese. We just had um, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe mm-hmm. uh, this past Wednesday, which we we had a great event at the cathedral in the evening, and it was it was excellent. It was really, really good, and uh, we had it. And there were Aztec dancers that were part of it. It was joyful. So many, I mean, so many statues of Our Lady of Guadalupe <laughs> presented at the front of the of the. I love that. I do too, and they just kept coming in and coming in. And they, you know, it is a predominantly Latino. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's often most celebrated by Latinos, uh, particularly Mexicans. And just the nature of the way culture is right now, you know, Latino populations are notoriously hardworking and they work full days. And so it's that mass is actually intentionally a little later in the evening to make sure everybody can get there. Well, there were still people straggling in who just did not want to miss the mass. And they were all bringing their their statues up. And so during the mass, you'd have like a little kid bring in their little tiny statue or like a a mom bringing in a bigger statue. But there were some enormous statues and it was just, it was, it was wonderful. And it's, it's a nice reminder that, you know, there's a lot of our ladies and her appearances (laughs) around the world. Uh, It's a good reminder from time to time that there's, uh, there's one in the Americas. I think it's also important to note that, you know, she's, yeah, she's the patroness of the Americas. And I believe she's a patroness of evangelization something along those lines so you know we we might just say oh well you know it's for a certain population it's not i mean we all know that the mother mary is for all of us um under her many different appearances Mm -hmm. um but like you said being in the americas and especially going through the national uh revival right now i uh, eucharistic revival i just think it's important to remember about the evangelization and patriots of americas Mm -hmm. she's for everyone she is for everyone the tilma is incredible just tell people about the tilma i learned something new. well i guess i knew this but it, it didn't stick the tilma maintains a temperature of 98.6 degrees all the time hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> did you learn this recently in the catholic yes. star herald by any chance no, i don't know did well, I? Was there, it in there? <laughs> there we in this latest issue of the catholic star herald which has a few pages dedicated to our lady guadalupe celebrations there's Very like good. a fact or fiction oh, story about well, yeah and that's you. one of them <laughs> so <laughs> i had never heard that either so it's all so what a coincidence that you brought it up right now because so, i just learned that two days ago mm-hmm. so check it out so the galaxy star herald yes <laughs> yes it is learn, yes learn some facts <laughs> no it's good it's good as a matter of fact um just recently actually just this week our own uh often guest uh, Donna Ottaviano Britt mm. was down. That's right. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she was there for the feast day. She was. And uh, I can't wait to hear what it was like for her. She it was she was on she was on pilgrimage. It was great. Mm-hmm. And she was posting photos and she seemed like she was very excited and yeah. enjoying herself. So I can't wait till she's back indoors. She uh, she's also actually just yesterday was uh, at a meeting at the seminary, uh, the in Seton Hall, the the mm-hmm. I forget what the name of the seminary is off the time. St. Andrews. Well, one of the two. I forget which one she was at. Anyway, which got me to remembering, we keep saying that we're going to do stuff with the seminary up there, and we we don't. So we got to make sure for 2024, Mm -hmm. we need to 
hold down Father Adam Chehesky, <laughs> the head of vocations for the Diocese of Camden, and remind him that he must invite us to some seminary stuff with our beloved seminarians, our delightful cherubic seminarians. <laughs> They are, have you ever seen them not smile? We don't have a we don't have a frowny seminarian. That's true. Anywhere. Actually, I really enjoy uh, talking to the seminarians. Well, I want to go enjoy talking to the seminarians on their turf. Okay. So okay. I, I think we need to uh, make a couple of our own pilgrimages up there. I haven't okay. been up there in seven years. So. Oh. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying. Yeah, that's a long time. Plus, I like road trips. Of course, of yeah. course. There you go. So back to Advent. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mike. No problem. <laughs> I know we want to talk about Advent and, and into Christmas as well. So, so what do you think about, you know, with only three weeks uh, for, for, for Advent? Do you think it's been more, a little yeah, bit more difficult this year? It is for challenging. Yeah. It's so, um, I'm reading a book for Advent, thanks to Bishop, actually. Oh. He gave me a book as a consecration gift, the biography of Carol Hauslander. Are you familiar with Carol? Hall? Oh, you guys should read it after I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I only knew of her because she wrote a book called The Read of God, which I saw sisters passing around the convent when I was there, but I never picked it up. So I was like, oh, it must be God telling me, read this book. And it really starts, uh, it's basically about the Virgin Mary. And that's one of the images of her that she's like the read of God, that she was open to receiving the Lord. So it was very good Advent reading, though mm. I'm probably not going to finish it because... We have such a short Advent, <laughs> even though it's thin. Both books very thin, but yeah. And uh, and you know, it's it's this is as good as time as any to remind everyone, you do not get out of your Sunday duty. That's right. Uh, you got you got you, there's two masses you need to be at within 24 hours for the That's most right. part, depending mm-hmm. on how your masses are going to fall. But my plan is to go to Saturday mass, Saturday vigil mass, and then well, I'll be on multiple. Christmas Eve masses, one with Bishop on my family. But um, yeah, two masses on Christmas Eve. Where is Bishop celebrating Christmas Eve? Bishop is, yes, Bishop Dennis Sullivan is celebrating at 6 p.m. at St. Charles Borromeo Parish in Sicklerville. Very nice. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. yes. So, uh, so I, and if anybody would like to see me, I will be there as well. <laughs> there will be, be, be a camera in my hand. Make sure you smile for me when I when I point it at you. Uh, but yeah, listeners. Uh, in other words, what Mike is saying is he will be sending autographs after the Christmas <laughs> Absolutely. Eve. Absolutely. Also taking complaints. Uh, anything you need to, anything you uh, that we could be doing better as a communications part podcast, uh, a communications department, a podcast, or the diocese in general. Please don't hesitate to. <laughs> To let me know. <laughs> what, what Merry, we've done Christmas. Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. The uh, so we'll be there, and then and then actually, I don't know what mass I'm going to. I haven't even looked. I haven't seen the mass schedule for my home parish yet, but uh, I'm willing to bet it's ten or eleven o'clock. Uh, so if you want to come see me at St. Bridges and Glassboro, you, you see me there too. There you can lodge more complaints. <laughs> yes, myself in front of his family. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they'll they'll probably be in line too. So. It'll be fine. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but oh wait, you didn't ask me about my journey. Okay, well, after we're done Advent, we gotta, you gotta we have one more conversation. Your journey? Yeah. She, I was gone all of last week, and she doesn't even remember, folks. It's the Where worst. Did you go? I don't know. It was a journey. It was a journey for me. I had to fly places. Oh, okay. Okay. The uh, <laughs> she doesn't care. Maybe the, maybe the listeners don't care either. Maybe we'll save that one for the end when we run out of time. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so yes. So Advent is the so for the fourth Sunday of Advent, you got to do them both. 
That's right. You can go twice on the same day if you want. That's true. Um, but uh, but you got to hit them both. You got to hit both uh, your Sunday uh, requirement as well as your Christmas requirement. But uh, but that's not a bad thing. No, it's a joyful it's thing. Good. That's 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 great. We oftentimes we don't get an opportunity to spend enough time in church. Lord knows I do not. So. Lori has yet to see me at a at a noon mass at the cathedral. So <laughs> wow, that, I think that's true, Mike. You know, You're right here. I know I'm right across the alleyway, and it's it's so hard. To, well, you know what? I have to blame all of my colleagues. What? Uh, they make me do work. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the worst. Um, but I'm just frowning into the microphone. Multiply, multiply your time. I you know, give I him a half hour there. Mike. That is an excellent point. Thank you for that. <laughs> I only sit at my desk and eat anyway, so it's not like it's, I'm going anywhere for thirty minutes. Um, but yes, this Advent, I, I do hope people will, even though it's a shortened one, you know, open, you know, go into it with open eyes and an open heart and remember that this is, you know, why the season exists, you know, as a preparatory season and, uh, and yeah. So has it been a good, aside from its brevity, has it been a good Advent for you? Yes, so far so good. That's nice, Lori. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you could just help us, help the rest of us. We, we need to, I will pray for you. <laughs> you know, I think we need to get her an office in the building. I agree. I'm sure Father Wallace won't mind. Uh, uh, <laughs> pastor. He He's a good guy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I put in a good word. So what do you do at the parish? What do I do? I'm like the DRE+. plus. Whatever else is needed. Okay. <laughs> so you're working with people. Working with the children, primarily family faith formation, sacramental prep, helping with a little bit of RCIA, some of the adult faith formation, all that good stuff. Yeah. I also handle most of our social media just because I'm the youngest staff person, basically. <laughs> so. <laughs> so wait, the parish social media is you? Pretty much. I never knew that. Mm. All this time you've been coming here, and you, all the things we've talked about on social media, you never thought to mention. Oh, by the way, I handle the, the pretty much. I share all your stuff. So well, yeah. we do appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you do share a lot of our stuff. Yeah. I try to. I just put two and two together because uh, Christ Redeemer Echo does share a lot of our stuff. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah, thank thank you, Lori. Yeah, seriously, you're the best. <laughs> all right, all, all the other uh, parish uh, DREs, I need you to follow Lori's path. Or whoever's doing social media for him. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't be media. the DRE, but, you know, it fell to me. So. The beauty of youth. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so that's that's our sort of a wrap-up of Advent. We want to make sure we had a chance to t- touch on it a little bit. We, For, our, for listeners, you know, uh, at the be- before Advent started, you know, we had Carrie on, and that was another great conversation that she had. It was, it was funny. It's, you know, I okay, so I look at all the people we work with as podcast hosts or podcast guests. Sometimes I forget that they're actually trained ministers inside the uh. church. And so, you know, I asked Carrie one question about Advent, and she went on for five solid minutes. And this, nice. everything she had to say was beautiful and touching and, and really spiritually inclined. And I did. I stepped back at one point. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. You're, you actually know what you're talking about. Right. You're not just a schmo like me in front of a mic. <laughs> but it's, it's nice. So, Lori, once again, thank you for your service. You're thank you for your service. <laughs> service to the Lord, yeah. Well, listen, she she is a wonderful servant of God. She is. And, and actually, she sort of dropped a little hint to this just, just briefly a few minutes ago, but uh, she had another <laughs> she had another special thing sort of happen to You're her. You're skipping your journey? Uh, no, we'll, ta- we'll save that for the end on the, okay, on the off chance we run out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, we want to hear about your journey. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and you, uh, it was mid-November. 
end of yes. end of November, November after Thanksgiving. Oh, it November was before 21st. Thanksgiving. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, time goes too fast. Um, you had something that, uh, to my knowledge, at least in the eight years I've worked in the diocese, uh, had not happened here. Uh, you became a consecrated virgin. Correct. Uh, it was a, at a beautiful celebration of the Mass at the cathedral, uh, well attended by mm. many people and <laughs> many of the orders of the That's religious true. orders in the in South Jersey. Um, but I'm and I'm going to start this Q and A the way I said I was going to start okay. this Q and A because we've been talking about it for a few few weeks to make sure we had her on. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a consecrated virgin, oh, and how does one become one, <laughs> and why does one become one? Well, it is a vocation, so it is a call from the Lord, Michael. So something that has to be discerned, and then of course has to be confirmed by the diocesan bishop. So if someone believes they might have a call to this, but the bishop says, no, I don't think so, then you have your answer. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't tell a whole lot of people about this until I had a date from Bishop Salva. And I was like, okay, it's happening. All right, we're going <laughs> to okay, we're gonna do this. Well, so, how long yeah. the, well, I guess my first question then is, what is, what is the role of a consecrated virgin? Like, what, okay, what is your duty in this vocation? So it's not really a vocation of duty or having a particular work to do. It's more like a vocation of who you are. (laughs) So it's the oldest form of consecrated life in the church, which I learned as I was researching uh, consecrated vocations in the world. And it's sort of, so women who wanted to be completely devoted to Christ would do so. And the bishops, even at that time, were consecrating women solemnly. And um, some of the church fathers write about it. Like St. Ambrose's sister was a consecrated virgin. That's why we know about it, because Mm. they were writing to them. Mm. Then um, once monastic life sort of grew and there were convents, women generally would do this within the confines of a convent. So it kind of fell out of use. And then around Vatican II, there was sort of a resurgence of interest in it, and there seemed to be women who were called to this. So they revised the rite. So it was only about 50 years ago. And since then, it's just grown incredibly. Since I was consecrated, there's been three other women in the United States consecrated in wow. the last couple oh. of weeks. So yeah, and there's several more on the calendar. So since it's been on my radar, I'm like, wow, it's happening everywhere. And due to you know the, everybody live streaming, we can actually tune in and right. see it happen. So. That is true. Yours was live streamed? Yes, if, thank you, You're Michael. very welcome. If anybody <laughs> and Family w- Canada was happy about that. Oh, I saw the statistics. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, they, uh, If anybody would like to see Lori's concert, Creation. It's still up on our diocesan YouTube page. So go to YouTube slash Camden Diocese, and you'll find uh, you'll find it there. It's, I think it's the last thing we put up, as a matter of fact. So it's oh, probably great. still probably still fresh. Yeah. Um, but and, and it's it's, uh, it's on Facebook too. Right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Everybody wants on, to see all the comments. <laughs> that's true. They're all they're all complimentary. <laughs> all there. That's good. I don't the, think I ever. I didn't. I should watch. Oh, you it. should definitely. Oh, yeah. the, the, I should go read you it. Should, Facebook anyway. With yeah. all the, the you should actually go see the comments because the comments are all, they're all very proud of you Aww. and they're very kind. Um, but uh, but yes, you can also go to Facebook facebook.com slash Camden Diocese to find it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the difference between a consecrated yes, virgin that's a good question. and <laughs> a religious life. Because people, right. Yeah, so um, consecrated virgins would stay in their home diocese and really be connected to their local bishop. So it is the bishop that has to consecrate 
a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we would not wear any, would not wear a habit the way a sister would and would not be connected to a religious community. Um, so you really wouldn't know a consecrated virgin necessarily. Um, the only thing that would stand out is we do wear rings, but people obviously would have to ask. They would just maybe think we're married. Right. Um, Let's see, what else would be different? So sisters or nuns typically take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and then are um, living them within their, according to the rule of whatever community they're a part of. Um, Whereas consecrated virgins are called to well, obedience to the bishop, but not in this. People ask that, like, oh, can he call you now and tell you to like work at another parish? I'm like, no, it's not quite like that. It's more if I felt called to make a big change, I would need to contact him and you know talk about it with him. Though I've seen other women move from sort of diocese to diocese, and it, it, if there's you know if it's not flippant, then you know most of the time the bishops are fine with it. No, I think I, if I remember correctly, um, one of the things that Bishop Sullivan said during the mass was, you know, alluding to the fact that help with the spiritual needs of the diocese. Yes. And that was something I thought was really beautiful, <laughs> um, you know, because I think you know, we're all called, obviously, to to help others. But, you know, he specifically said and in this role respond yes. to the spiritual needs of those in our diocese. Right. So we're called to pray the Liturgy of the Hours just like the priests are, and particularly to pray for the bishop, for our priests, and for the people of this diocese. Mm-hmm. So that's what he was referring to, that it's we're connected to the local church. Um, we're not the way women would leave and maybe join a religious community. They're connected to that religious family, where here we stay where we are and attempt to be leaven where we are and pray for the church. I also thought inside. it was interesting. So uh, you know, obviously I've been to a few. <laughs> Mike's looking at me weird. That's why I'm <laughs> no, laughing. No, no. <laughs> I keep waiting for you to, to, to bring up the thing that I appreciated so much and what Bishop had to say. So I'm keep I'm, I'm like. <laughs> oh. He's hoping. No, go ahead then. No, no, no. Go, go down here. I go- I, I'm definitely bringing it up if you don't. Um, probably not. Right now I'm going to talk about the live stream because I was going to say anybody who has never even seen an ordination of a priest um, there were there are some similarities, mm-hmm. but also some stark differences, um, which I found personally interesting. But the the point is that the the um, spirituality and the camaraderie and the love that's that's in that church. In this, in this case, mm-hmm. it was the cathedral, is so similar. You lay prostrate that's true. like yeah. a like a priest would. Um, you kneel before the bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave you a book. Is that correct? Yeah. So that was the that liturgy, was the, the hours. Mm-hmm. That was breviary. Yeah. And then, um, and then you get to go up next That's to him right. on the altar to receive <laughs> yes, that is um, the Unique. the sacraments. And yes. yeah, what was that like for you? That I mean, was incredible. So yeah. it is. I've heard the the rite or the mass compare. It's sort of like a wedding and an ordination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see elements of both. Um, but yeah, so that was a little intimidating at first, I have to say, Jen, as we were rehearsing. So the rite is pretty specific, except um, it doesn't you know, specify all the details. So Father Nevitt, as MC, had some freedom in deciding like how this would look. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the rehearsal, he's like, okay, so it says you should be in the sanctuary, so we're just going to set a chair right there, <laughs> right in front of the altar. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so yes. So I was, I was you know definitely praying eyes closed because I'm like this is gonna be so distracting as I'm looking at all of these priests who are friends of mine like right I don't want to be laughing up here so yeah <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't That's be true. good um but yeah that was that was powerful and then he said oh yeah and we'll just have the deacon step out of the way and you're gonna walk right up and receive right after bishop does it that's right okay. that, do you remember that that this uh, yeah, yes that's one of the the <laughs> most amazing parts of it is that yeah. she is the second person to receive uh during the, and she goes behind the altar to yeah. receive that's mm-hmm. what 
blew me away. Yeah. (laughs) As a as a woman, uh, seeing another woman be able to be the second person to take communion was very moving. Yeah. For me personally, and I'm sure it was. You obviously well, found it interesting too. I did. So, so that's what I mean. It yeah. means a lot. Well, we had to figure out the camera angles. It was a, it was a, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I had to do that by hand. <laughs> it was just beautiful. It was just like this whole community coming well, together. So I think it's intended to drive home the idea, like, okay, I am a spouse to Christ now. Right. So there's certain. Yeah. <laughs> so to you, does it does it feel like a marriage? Because everybody was saying that. Yes. Okay. So. Little, Wait, little she didn't talk about story. her attire. Oh my! Oh, well, right. that's why I yes. asked about the marriage. I was getting there. <laughs> oh. I, I was thinking that's she would true. bring it up yes. herself. <laughs> so, Let me yes, tell the story, w- Michael. This is not about you. <laughs> so yes, I was wearing a a white dress that could be considered a wedding dress. It wasn't so much like what you would see in you know bridal very stores beautiful. now, but I wanted to go very modest because of the <laughs> circumstances. You know? It was beautiful. You looked yes. beautiful. You looked Thank like a bride. You. Yes, that was that was going. Yeah, I went with the the bouquet and everything. And yeah, just to sort of drive home that that aspect of it, mm-hmm. that it is spousal. It, so. it is, and actually, you you we failed to mention another element of it, which was is this: you walk in carrying a vessel with you. <laughs> so I actually didn't have it with me when I walked in. Okay. So it was up there. So um, after the gospel, the bishop calls me forward. So calls someone forward, and at that point, you can bring either a lamp or a candle, but the biblical reference to the wise virgins is a lamp. So I said, well, I have to use a lamp. <laughs> has to be the thing. Um, so I was able to find one um, online that was a pretty authentic, like a Herodian lamp, like they would burn at the time of Jesus. Um, that was that was an interesting, because I'm researching this, I'm like, well, what do I put in it? What can I burn? Well, you know, And they're saying sometimes the unfinished lamps will leak through and then totally catch fire. I'm like, oh, that would be bad. Oh, so I did get a finished lamp. <laughs> It had a little bit of a, yeah, so we wouldn't have a fire in the middle of the Thank mess. Thank you for that. Very yeah. good idea. Um, Cause, yeah, cause... so that is lit, and then I carry it forward, and it stayed by the altar for mm-hmm. the remainder of the mass, and then I took it with me when I oh, yeah. wow. recessed and out. it lit right away. <laughs> no, it did not. No, it did. Like it lit right away at the rehearsal. No problem. Nope. And we took three matches to get it, <laughs> it was, day of. It was so, like, I was like, yeah, that sounds, that checks out. <laughs> That's exactly how that goes, but uh, but it was beautiful, and you yes. did bring it up, and, that, and the whole several t- of the priests mentioned it later, like, "Oh, the lamp, that was great! Like that was such a good image." I'm it like, was, well, it's, yeah, it's well, biblical. It, well, that's just it. I mean, you've talked about it a couple of times now. This is a this is an ancient rite, one that predates mm-hmm. most of the other rites, and uh, it was. It, you know, it, I'm glad that you included so many of those characteristics mm-hmm. of it because I think it adds to the to the well, it certainly added to the spiritual energy of mm-hmm. of a consecration but um but it also adds a little historical interest mm-hmm. as well exactly. and yes. uh so you also what was also nice is she came in with two consecration attendants <laughs> so she had two attendants uh, uh one was a religious sister yes. correct so that was sister rose miriam i was in the novitiate with her she's a nashville dominican and the other um, one the other is my spiritual doctor so that was kind of of interest to everyone because like, nobody recognized this woman like mm-hmm. who is this <laughs> so she is a consecrated woman of regnum christi um who i found during the pandemic because of all of the online things i'm like this is great i was looking for someone and she comes to philadelphia once a month and that's how we can meet for spiritual direction. What what is a consecration person? Or- a consecrated uh, consecrated woman. So it is a another consecrated vocation, but they live in community. Oh, okay. So she's not a consecrated virgin per se. She's part of this religious community. Okay. Hmm. Christie. So they also work in the world. Do not wear habits. Mm-hmm. But 
and you take vows. You've mentioned it a couple times now. You you were in uh, a religious order for a, briefly as a no, yes. as a novitiate, right? So two years as a postulant and novice. Right. Yes. And then here in the diocese. No, in Nashville, Tennessee, the Nashville Dominicans. Yeah. yeah. That's what brought them up. That's where they were. <laughs> I recognize them because um, <laughs> I've seen pictures of them before because yeah. they're pretty well known. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they're great. Yeah. The, I've actually, I've, I've been to their campus down in have Nashville. You? I have, yes, because I, I knew beautiful. someone in the, in the, oh, that was, right. was in Nova Shit there. <laughs> and so I got to visit them when she took her first, first vows, vows, I probably, think. Yeah. And she since left uh, prior to t- taking her final vows. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a DRE in the diocese as well, right. living her life. But uh, but Wait, it was. Is it you? Is he? On? No, 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 no. Another woman. No, no, no. <laughs> like he was like alluding to you in a weird way. No, that's no, 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 it's she, another woman. That, I didn't actually meet her. She left before I entered, so yeah. I didn't meet her till I came back here. I was like, okay. oh, you were in the community. But too. the Nashville Dominicans are uh, are wonderful uh, community, and their their mother house down in Nashville is yes. stunning. The chapel yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, yes. it was a, it was a great place to go and visit. Um, but it was also lovely to see just how many uh, religious women were there mm-hmm. all together of, yes. of all sorts yeah, of different. Yeah, the CFRs, uh, were, CFRs there. were there as well. It's also Franciscans. Missionaries of yeah. and Jesus. They were kind enough to host my sisters in their retreat house. So. Oh, that's yeah. nice. No, it was it was a very sweet. It was it was actually very sweet. Now, what I was alluding to yeah. in Bishop's homily, however, was that he twice referenced this, and then each time he referenced it. Lori laughed and nodded in agreement, and I and I loved it. And, and, he, and but but it was thinking, I felt it was something that needed to be said, and he said it, and I, I appreciated that about him. And he, go, he goes, now people are going to think this is weird, <laughs> and he said it twice. He hit it home twice, and I thought I think there was a wisdom in that because it is something that most people don't know about. Now, ironically, this podcast has had another consecrated virgin on in the very mm-hmm. early years. And we didn't really go into a lot of detail at the time because we were having her on and because she was a canon lawyer. But we reference it mildly. But but the truth of the matter is, and, you know, let's face it, I've been friends with you for quite some time now. And when I heard it, I was like, okay, that checks out, but I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, everyone in the diocesan offices were like, Mike, did you hear it? Do you, do you know what's going on with Lori? And, we, and I'd be like, yeah, I know. I just found out. Isn't it amazing? Like, yeah. And they all said the same thing. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. It, so I have to be honest. I thought the same thing, too, when I was – not even before I was even looking into it, but when I – I guess I met the same woman you're referencing or or, was, or found out that she was consecrated. I'm like, that's kind of strange and just sort of right. <laughs> didn't give it a second thought until I was discerning, like, okay, God's calling me to some form of consecrated life, and I believed in the world. And that's how I came upon this one. And since then, I found out one of my friends from Nashville who also left. She was consecrated uh, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. reached out to her and, and reconnected. So, yeah, God just put everything in place to mm-hmm. point me towards this vocation. And I understand, yes, it is a little unusual. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Atypical might be the best way to put go. it. But so, so how long would you say you discerned? And when? What, what, do you remember what it was that made me first... Yes. So I'd been discerning consecrated life from, let's say, 2010. I entered the community in Nashville. Um, and then it, God made it very clear that I was to leave there. And then I thought, OK, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he wants. I was just living life. Um, you know, the door opened to work in a parish. So that's what I did. Then um, I got to know the CFR sisters and they were running Samuel Group in our diocese, mm-hmm. as I believe they still are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in 2019. So one of the sisters said, oh, why don't you come? And I said, I'm 
not really discerning and I'm older than most of the, you know, like the age range that you <laughs> are inviting to this. And she's like, just come anyway. It'll be good. You'll, you know, it, it'll be good for your prayer life. I said, okay. So it was really through that, I guess the, the second to the last gathering, actually that was COVID. So they ended, they did the last three meetings via Zoom, which is crazy. Like God bless them figuring out yeah. how to do Zoom. None of them even, I think, own laptops, right? So nope. they figured it out. Um, and the last meeting was, uh, discerning a vocation and what is your heart made for hmm. and it really hit me in that um like is your heart made to share god's love with one particular person and and a family that you would have with them or with you know like all of god's people and it was very clear to be like oh i think that's it <laughs> that's hmm. what i'm supposed to be doing um because i mean we're all called to make a gift of ourselves in some way and i don't think we're really settled or or feel at peace until we do so 100 percent agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why i was restless and god made it clear so then i was like okay well the religious communities that i would have been interested in, i'm probably too old to join them and i also feel really called to stay in the diocese and continue to serve people here to be in a parish to be with you know the kids and teach and um, so what are the options? So one of them is um, secular institutes. So I started to look into those. Um, and the couple that I talked to, they were very, like the, the women were very helpful. They're like, do you need community? Or do you just want to be married to Jesus? Because if you don't need community, you probably want to look into consecrated virginity because that's really, you know, you have that relationship where, and you, you live your own spirituality, you can bring different things into it. So I'm sort of a Dominican at heart, so I could keep that, you know, right. <laughs> and still live that. Um, so yeah, slowly things just narrowed down and pointed to this. And I, there's a, um, a U.S. Association of Consecrated Virgins, and they do a, a retreat for those who are interested or who are discerning. So I did that, and I'm like, okay, everything's lining up. Everything they said, it, it, it you know, resounded with my heart. I'm like, okay. So my spiritual director eventually said, all right, you need to write to the bishop now because he's the one that will say that, you know, he'll confirm this or not. And I sent him a letter and heard from him almost right away. And he's like, come in and meet with me and we'll talk about this. Hmm. And yeah, it was. So that was, I guess, 2020, maybe 2021. I forget. Um, so there does the church does require a period of formation and preparation for this because it is permanent. Yeah. Um, you know, in like a religious community, you would make temporary vows. Um, this is this is lifelong. Well so right. <laughs> they want to make sure that you are sure and you are definitely called to this. But Bishop felt really confident because I had had some of that religious formation um, and was basically one of my friends even said like you're basically living this life up until now. It's it, this, you're just formalizing this commitment. So right. now is there the any case. kind of. Um, like studying or uh, schooling so that I had goes finished, into this? Uh, so usually there would be some theological study and of course studying like the early virgin martyrs, the early consecrated virgins and what this life is. Um, but I had finished a theology master's degree in 2021. So he's like, okay, well you got the theology. Um, I think that's why maybe the preparation wasn't quite as long as it might've been for some other women because I was coming in with a lot of the background right. already. Huh. So yeah. So not that weird. Not I was just about to say. I was looking at you about to say, "Not so weird, right, Mike?" Well, it's it, it isn't. It just it's just atypical. It's it's right. it's yeah. peculiar. So so when you went to meet with Bishop, he mm -hmm. was on board for this. 
Yeah, well, he said, you know, you would need to, he would need to find a formator or someone to sort of accompany me in the preparation. Um, so that took a little while, I guess, because we don't, we didn't really have a consecrated virgin that we could call on, because typically that's who you would get, another consecrated virgin mm-hmm. in the diocese. Um, so we found a religious sister, Sister Marianne McCann, who was um, principal when I was at oh, Paul yeah. Six. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this is great. Already yeah. know her. Good choice. Um, and she was great. And she's also very practical. So she's like, all right, you have to, you know, you're going to have to be able to provide for yourself. Do you have a, you know, retirement plan? I was like, not really. She's like, all right, let's get on it. You know, so she covered very a lot practical of the yeah, practical things too. Although that does beg a number of questions. You don't, you didn't have a. I did. I had okay. the diocesan one. She's like, no, you need, you need your own, okay, you know, there like you go. 403B. Good. So, yeah. She so apparently Sister McCann uh, can give out financial <laughs> advice. I will be calling no, no. her. She knew who to call. She was like, I'll oh, call okay. this person in the dark. <laughs> well, it does say, like, so we've been banned, uh, throwing around the term consecrated virgin a lot. But it is, there, is a, it is, there is an addendum to that that's very important. Mm-hmm. A consecrated virgin of the world. Living it's in the world. Living in the yes. world. And that's like when, when the materials came out for this and then all of our materials that we created for this, you know, we made sure that it was included because in a lot of you, you're on your own. Yeah, I mean, you. Well, you, no, you're I mean, dependent upon Jesus for everything. Mike. My apologies. <laughs> so you good, are, so good. That's why you're, you're consecrated. That, is, that, that was a nice response. Yes. Good job. Well, um, I can even tell a story already. So um, I was rear-ended three days um, after uh, the consecration on the way to the parish celebration. No. Of <laughs> oh my god. Correct. Goodness. Can you imagine oh, that? No. Yeah. So it looks like the cars totaled. We'll see. Their insurance hasn't figured oh, that out no. yet. And then people just stepped up and said. I have an extra car. Here you go. I was like, oh, thanks. Oh, She's like, oh wow. Are you sure you're not Franciscan? No. Franciscans are great with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. but well, it's like great. learning to, you know, depend on Jesus like I would a spouse. You know, I need something. Okay. You know, I have to trust that he's going to come through with the new car soon. <laughs> Ah. Yes. Are you, are you reconsidering all your decisions in your pr- in prior life? Because I'm, I'm kind of reconsidering mine at the moment. Well, unfortunately, Michael, you cannot be a consecrated. That virgin. is true. Only women. Can it be is because we is. are the you know image of the church as the bride of Christ. That is right. So. I am. I am. I am toast in that regard. You well, can although, still take private vows to the Lord if you'd like. To. Uh, yeah, I'm good. But but you already made vows to your wife, so. I did. That's right. So I'm. You know. I'm. I'm I, I am where I am. I've accepted that. The. Uh, but, but this does beg the following question. Yes. And it's one that others have asked you, and I've asked this to you too. And it's actually the, the question I've asked most since I first learned about this. Um, do you need to be a virgin to be a consecrated virgin? Yes. Kind of. Stop it. <laughs> no, no, because I've heard. Kind of. No, 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 because I've heard, I've heard two different answers. Okay. From Lori, okay. I heard yes. Mm-hmm. From the other well-informed person I talked to, uh, I heard, kind of. Hmm. <laughs> How can you kind of be a virgin? But okay. I it's a different agree. show. <laughs> different well, show. I agree well, with I you. Will under- I understand why that person probably answered in that way because yes. there was a church document that came out in I think it's 2018, very recent, um, that basically said. Oh wait, I'll even find it for you. Hold on a second. Oh, please. It's, it's, nice. Don't worry, we can cover. Don't worry, we can cover with banter while you look it up. See what happens when you bring prepared people to a podcast. That is what they do. So the document is Ecclesiae Sponsae Imago, which all the consecrated virgins loved receiving this because it was some sort of like it was answering the questions that have come up, like how do we form women? How do we, you know, how what does the preparation look like? What's the responsibility of the bishop? So that was great. But within this document. Um, 
they they mention this um and they say let's see thus to have kept her body in perfect consonance and to have practiced the virtue of chastity in an exemplary way while of great importance with regard to the discernment are not essential prerequisites in the absence of which admittance to consecration is not possible mm. so that people went whoa what, what does that mean <laughs> So some of the consecrated virgins said you have to look at this document as a whole, and it it, it um, praises all of the the great value of virginity. So the entire thing is looking at like how you can make a complete gift to the Lord, and they believe this is referring to situations of maybe like rape or mm-hmm. or where you know there wasn't full um, like consent things mm-hmm. like that where they're they're not sure. So you want to err on the side of walking with the woman. Right. So that's where it's coming from. Right. <laughs> I heard the same. There you go. Yeah. Does that clear it up for you, Mike? (laughs) No, because then I talked to somebody else and they were like, no, not really. So, Well, what I said to you also was you cannot give a gift that you do not have. That is true. That is such a great way to put that. (laughs) That is an an excellent point. So. Well, a minute ago when Mike asked, what did you say? Are you you reconsidering your life choices? (laughs) (laughs) No. But But what I was... I, I don't. I don't know if I should go the way just as far as say envious, but a little bit is the fact that you already said, like with the car accident, right? Yeah. Like you're relying on Jesus as a spouse. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to say that comes easy to you. Maybe it does, but <laughs> no. I'm envious of that relationship. Yeah. Um, whereas, as just well, a mere mortal, I re- rely on myself. It's and pointing to where we're all going. Right. So we'll all be a spouse to Christ in heaven. So we're kind of living that now. But you're really living really, that yes. now. Like you just pick <laughs> up the phone true. and say, I just had a car accident. Can you help me out? <laughs> well, And your Lord husband got your new car. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord has brought people into my life like I knew who to call to come pick me up to make sure I would make it to right. the church on time. Right. Know? So it's good. Have did When you first started letting people know, mm-hmm. did you get anyone that was like, did it? I'm not saying anyone tried to talk you out of it, but did anyone ask you to like discern a little harder? Yeah, it was strange. It's interesting. It was men that kind of responded in that, like, that's, that's not that's really not really? interesting. Nope. No, no, nope. no. Nope. Well, you got to remember that's that checks out, as Mike would say. Yeah, that, yeah well, okay. it does. Because that, because of the nature of the consecration and the nature of your role in the world, that's not a masculine thing. So, I mean, we're completely confused by it. I mean, I'm not. I, I get it. I've been around right. you and I've been around others. And I, I totally get it. But at the same time, there's a part of me that goes, well, I mean, you know, Tinder. Stop it. <laughs> but, yeah, we're the anti-Tinder. <laughs> that, is, that is true. But, but yeah, I, I, I get... beneath all of our dignity as Christians, yeah, Michael, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. so we're clear. I, okay, just to be... <laughs> and actual just humans, I and think. Humans, a little yes, bit. But okay. all of them, just Tinder, to, really? Just, all right, before we get too... I have a lot of friends that have met their spouses on Tinder. So really? I will not, yes. Okay. They didn't use it as a dating around app. They gotcha. used it as a all right, that's find different. a husband app. Yeah. But the... Uh, however, I, I think that's... I, I can see people reacting that way, but I'm I am a little surprised that it leaned mostly dudes though. Well, most of the women said like I didn't know what this was, but when I looked into it, it's like perfect for you. So that was confirmation for me. Like people that knew me, they said, "Yeah, this makes sense." <laughs> so. Well, I mean, not to talk. For, I mean, that was a scuttlebutt around our department as well, and they were all like, "Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> we can say it." Good. There you go. Because if anybody said otherwise, then yeah, the bishop would have reason to go, "Oh, maybe not." You know. No. <laughs> No, Is that no, true? No, no. Can, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. 
they don't really do the like at a wedding. Does anybody object? To no, that? no, <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> I was there and I did not hear that. So, <laughs> but yeah, if somebody, I mean, I guess that's that's similar with priests. If somebody goes to a, a vocations director or the bishop and says, "I don't I know," have if, yeah, if yeah, I have concerns because oh, that's I, exactly what happens. So it's yeah. the I'm same, the same similar. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If somebody thought that, that you know, Lori was not going to be appropriate in that regard or mm, wasn't lead, leading an appropriate life in that regard, oh, yeah, somebody, somebody will dime her out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. a public witness. It so is. So that's why the, really? the bishop needs to, yes. Uh, so I'm not oh, like sorry, a you are. Consecrated, right, right. Yeah. I thought you meant like the witness comes forward no, publicly. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like, went back to like Scarlet Letter Days or something. I don't know what happened just there. <laughs> But yeah, it's it, it, well. It was a beautiful consecration. It was a beautiful mass. Oh, very nice ring that you're wearing oh, currently. Yes. It's, it's yeah. very nice. So um, ring veil. Beautiful photos that were yes. taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, you can find them on the CatholicStarHerald.org. They were beautiful photos that I'm sure almost any photographer would have been able to shoot because oh, it was such an incredible <laughs> mess. And such you're a lot. And it, it was done at the cathedral. <laughs> And she, you look so great. And what was really nice was Bishop was really into it. I yeah. mean, I'd never seen him do something like that. He's He takes the, the ordinations very, yeah. very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to see that he does the same with the consecration as well. That's I mean, true. he was really – his homily was much like in an ordination. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It was all focused on you. Mm-hmm. Talked about the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But then re- it was really a conversation with you mm-hmm. and, a, and a reminder to the public of, of what your witness means and – and how wonderful it was. So, yeah. I, I was a little worried because he usually, like, jokes with the guys he's ordaining or is a little hard on them. I'm like, oh, I don't know what he's going to say here. But he was very kind. He was. <laughs> that is true. Well, we'll see what happens at the uh, Chrism Mass. That's uh, that's when he really tunes the guys up. So we'll, see, we'll see if he comes yeah. after you at the Chrism Mass. He really does. He's, well, <laughs> he, that's his time to, like, yeah. remind them of their, their priestly vocation. Yeah. So he comes after them. Uh, are there any associated feast days with your new status? Like, are, do you do... So I'll celebrate that I was consecrated on the memorial of the presentation of the Virgin Mary. So that will Actually. personally be a, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes a big day for me. Um, and then any of the Virgin Martyrs. So the, mm. the U.S. Association of Consecrated Virgins will generally have like Vespers that we can all tune into and pray together on the big Virgin Martyr feast days. Wow. Yeah. If someone was to, like, where could someone find out about so Consecrated Virginity? I think it's consecratedvirgins.org. Org. Consecratedvirgins.org. Okay. <laughs> Would be a good place Makes to start. Sense. Or you can email me and I will be happy to redirect you to <laughs> those that can help with this. It I tell you, it was uh, it was a great event and we were so happy that you included us in it and, yes, and thank you allowed, for being there. Oh no, it was so our pleasure. It was live streamed. And uh, so I yeah. think a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have even known it was happening were tuning in. So Well that was, was one yeah. of the reasons we wanted to do it because we know not a lot of people know that the option exists for for those <laughs> who are right. it's an evangelization yeah i mean live streaming it was evangelization mm-hmm. for people who are curious about what that that yeah. entails and i think there are other women out there who might want to take this route who who aren't necessarily interested in you know uh, community life mm-hmm. but to be a, a consecrated virgin of the world you know that i think might mm-hmm. a lot of people might find appealing but Unless one is consecrated and actually knows the person, you're not going to see it very often. So we decided, well, you know, and then I talked to you about that. I said, do do dioceses usually live stream this? And he goes, well, that's where I watched them. That's right. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we ought to put it on. So, 
Yeah. So it is actually an evangelization tool. And please, by all means, let the uh, let the entity know that they are more than happy to. They can put our YouTube link up oh, anywhere gotcha. they want if they'd okay. like. To, they're keeping a catalog of these things for for people to see. Nice I can job, only, I can only I can only hope ours was the best, but uh, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, Father never did a very good job. Father, yes, yes. that was it was well put together. Mm-hmm. Well, Lori. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast and talking to us about Mm -hmm. this. Thank you very much for giving us some Advent thoughts. And Mm -hmm. thank you very much for all of your work on the award-winning Talking Saints podcast. Thank you for that, too. My pleasure. And to everybody else, uh, we won't have an episode coming out on Christmas, but we will have one coming out on New Year's. And uh, see you all then. Merry Christmas. See you, everybody.